1: Well, gentlemen, it is the 1800s. It is Wyatt Earp. We are here for another episode of the 30-something movie podcast. I am your host, John Reed. I thought maybe we we could all give ourselves Earp brother names for this episode, but I, I feel like they've all been taken. There are so many brothers.
0: Yeah. And then they, three quarters of the way through the movie, they throw a last one at us. Yeah. Uh, Warren? Jesus. Jesus? Jesus Earp. I know, yeah. I like him very much. No, oh, because
1: James Caviezel, yeah,
0: he can't uh, hit a curveball though.
1: Oh, that's true. That is true.
2: Wait a minute, uh, that was James Caviezel?
1: Yeah. Well, he got yeah. The, he went the final. He went, he went by Jim James Caviezel in these credits, but yeah, Jim Caviezel.
2: Really? Yeah. The young kid that showed up that they stopped at the door.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he was what he was going to take. He was was it James, the brother James? He was going to take. Uh, is going to take him home? He was going to take Morgan home.
0: Sig Morgan and yeah. um, Morgan and. <sighs> well, wow, that's embarrassing. Was he
1: taking Virgil back, too? Because Virgil was yes. injured at that point? thank yeah. you. Yeah.
2: Huh. Okay. So, yeah, that was too easy. I, mm-hmm. I, I didn't even. I I did not know that.
1: He came to heal them in Aramaic.
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: As, as you do, I Yes, I don't know. But right. yes, we are talking Wyatt Earp, the 1994 movie Wyatt Earp. And in fact, just a couple of months, what is it, maybe like a month, couple of months since we did Tombstone? Yeah. So we yeah. kind of are, are back-to-back. I mean, much like how these were back-to-back years, Wyatt Earp and Tombstone. But uh, yeah, we just did Tombstone not that long Six ago. Six months
0: so. apart on their release dates. Yes. Which, which is th-
1: nuts. Which is funny because then you get the feeling, it's like, I guarantee somebody was, was shopping around the you know the the screenplay for this or, or for one of these, and probably a couple Maybe. of different people saw it and thought, "Huh." Well, the story I read. Oh yeah, did you find a trivia piece? Was on that? that yeah? What did
0: you? Kevin Costner had already been developing a mini series. Gotcha. That turned into this, and honestly, go with the mini series. Should have been a mini. Go with your first instinct. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then at the same time, he was up for the lead in Tombstone. Oh, that's right, yeah. But then, I'm trying to remember the rest of it, but basically there was a big falling out, and the guy who wrote Tombstone had also gotten hosed the year before on another script that someone else had done, so he was pissed, and there was just all this animosity, and Kevin Costner bought up all the, or rented up all the period costumes, so Tombstone had to go to... Europe to get theirs and then of course they played the high and mighty well the well-to-do in Tombstone would have bought all their clothes from Europe anyway like it was just this whole thing and I'm Mm -hmm. just like rolling my eyes Like you guys are making movies (laughs) but it it goes back to that thing and we've talked about it before how like you were saying John people shop these scripts and they have the same ideas at the same times for whatever reason and then they just eh, we're going to release ours because why not
1: well, and, they and, get, then, and sometimes they get real cheap about it, too. They're like, nah, I don't really care for your script. And then they turn around. Yeah, we're, we're going to turn that one down. And then they turn around and they go find a cheaper writer or they go somewhere else. Yeah. And like, hey, by the way, got a really good idea for a story. How about we do the story about What Wyatt if we Herb's do life? this? <laughs> yeah.
0: And it, it's just the petty back and forth stuff. It's so weird.
1: Yeah. Because that's, I, then, mean, yeah. I think a lot of times when, that's how you get some years you'll have, like, this year had three Robin hood movies and this year right. had three Westerns. That seemed really, really well, it's similar. like We had,
0: what did we have? We had deep impact and Armageddon. Yeah. And it, and it always works out this way that one of them is good and one of them is not good Yeah, or not as good maybe, or I'm not even going to say that. I'm going to say not as critically acclaimed. and doesn't do as well. Even, maybe one of them is more cinematic than the other and maybe one is more enjoyable than the other, but like it's just so Hollywood.
1: What was the, uh, what was the year that we got? Was it the same year that we got the illusionist and the prestige?
0: Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Like, come on.
1: I was like, really? And, and, Two big movies you, about magic.
0: And what you want to say is guys, think about this for, just one minute for me. Yeah. If you spread these out, you could both make money. Yeah. Instead, you're yeah. going to release them together, and well, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Mutually assured destruction.
0: Bingo. Yeah. yeah. It's just loco.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, we'll get on into this one. It was a uh, a three hour epic, and so mm. we've we probably have quite a bit to talk about. So
0: this was the. I, I meant to look this up and I didn't. So I'm hoping John this off the top of your head. Cause this is the kind of thing you would know is this the first Kevin Costner Epic post dances with wolves.
1: I believe. Or was there one in so. between here? Okay. No, I believe so. That's yeah. what I
0: thought, but what do I know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, Cause let's see dance. Well, he wrote Robin Hood Prince of Thieves, but it wasn't as long
0: well, yeah, that wasn't an epic, and that was, yeah. yeah. I mean, that wasn't because it's you've got Dances with Wolves, you've got this, you've got the Postman, you've got Waterworld.
1: Because I feel like what Dances with Wolves was just a little bit shorter than this movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like Dances with Wolves was like ten minutes shorter.
0: <laughs> My gosh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, that's
2: humbling.
1: So, yeah, right. Dance, oh yeah, yep. Yeah, there it is. Dances with Wolves was three hours and one minute. This movie is three hours and eleven minutes. The Postman is two hours and 57 minutes. Water World. What was Water World? Was that as long as the other ones?
0: I, it sure feels like it when you're watching it.
1: Okay. Water World um, was two hours, 15 minutes.
0: Okay. It just, so it I just sit corrected. Like it. <laughs> right.
1: It's just, it, it's all the water. It's it's bloated.
0: It-
2: <laughs> I hate bloated water.
1: Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's that's kind of his, like, epic range of movies is, like, the three-hour time frame. Mm-hmm. Well, and sometimes they kind of refer to this one. I, I saw somewhere they refer to this as part of his trinity of Western movies. He has, because it mm-hmm. was uh, Dances with Wolves, this movie, and then Open Range.
0: Sure. Oh, and, yeah. And then, obviously,
1: lately he's been in Yellowstone and... Yeah, but yeah, this one probably the longest, probably the longest movie he had made and maybe has made up to this point. Hmm. So yeah, I would, Bo, I actually agree with you. I know we'll get into our opinion piece a little bit later with this, but I think this would have been an excellent miniseries.
0: Yeah, I, Mm -hmm. you know, and we've talked about it recently and I, I've, I've come out as been up being on board with long form storytelling. Yeah when you have a long story to tell and that's what you're trying to do here. And I think forcing it into what was originally supposed to be a single sitting Mm -hmm. is hard. And I'll be the first to say some of it has to do with attention spans. Mm -hmm. Mine is not what it, what it once were, Mm -hmm. but look at the squirrel, (laughs) right? Oh, look (laughs) a squirrel. And, you know, having, seen some of those things that were mi- miniseries recently that might a few years ago have been movies, a lot of it Marvel based and whatnot. I think this could have really succeeded as a miniseries.
2: Yeah. yeah. I, I agree with you, especially in the modern time, because like now miniseries are such high productive value production mm-hmm. value yeah. and special effects and action. They really, I mean, Movies and TV series are are drawing closer to together. Do you know what I'm saying? Agreed. I mean, it's... Yeah, yeah. Which is nice in that you can kind of... You're a little bit more free to pick the best medium to tell your story in, right? Indeed. Whereas before before it would be, well, movies... Or TV shows, I you know, they never quite have the same production value as movies. So you really want to release that on a, you know, in the theater and, and stuff. So, yeah.
1: All right. Well, a little, a little background information on this one. It came out on June 24th, 1994, rated PG-13, as we said, a runtime of three hours and 11 minutes, directed by Lawrence Kasdan, who did The Big Chill and Silverado. Writer for this one, writers for this one were Lawrence Kasdan and Dan Gordon. Big Chill, Grand Canyon, The Hurricane, and Murder in the First between the two of them. Bo, did you ever have, I, when we were freshmen, and I don't remember the teacher's name, and I've, I've told my wife this several times, and I may have told you this too. We had a teacher when we were freshmen that taught a creative writing class that we had the option to take or had to take during our study hall period. And I, f- I feel like one semester you had to take this creative writing class, and then another semester you took the typing class to work on your typing skills or whatever. And
0: I do not remember the creative writing class. Now that doesn't mean anything. It just means I don't remember it, but
1: so maybe it was optional and maybe I just, as a nerd, I signed up for it.
0: Not saying that's possible. Yeah. Anyway,
1: anyway, I remember her telling us, and I was the only person in class that knew who who she was talking about because Lawrence Kasdan obviously involved with George Lucas and worked on Star Wars, Mm -hmm. you know, the Indiana Jones and more recently the solo movie and, and all that. And his son, too. I think his son is Jonathan Kasdan and has also done quite a bit of stuff in his own right. But so I knew who Lawrence Kasdan is. And I remember that this teacher we had our freshman year in high school had said, well, actually, I when I was in college, I took writing classes with a guy who does movies now. And his name is he his name. We always knew him by Larry, but I think he goes by Lawrence now. Larry Kasdan. And I oh, looked boy. at her and I was like, Lawrence Kasdan, you went, to, you took a creative writing class with him in college. She's like, Yeah, yeah, I knew him, and he does like movies and stuff now. Like, yeah, he does.
0: He does movies and stuff now. Yeah. Was this?
1: <laughs> I don't remember the teacher's name. She was an older woman when we were there, so I. Okay,
0: yeah. So it's who I thought it was. Oh, who is it? So is it? It's Sue Olre. I'm almost positive.
1: Maybe that name does sound familiar.
0: She led a very interesting life. I would actually run into her out near Neck of the Woods a lot. She lived over there somewhere. Really? Okay. Yeah, back when I used to work in town. Maybe um, cuz that name does sound familiar, but yeah. And she definitely taught some of those courses cuz I took Okay. She taught learning styles, which was another one of those weird little Pull you out of lunch
1: it was a, for it was, things that was that was the one that the, was the exploration of uh, Teen Wolf's friend. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. Huh. Lawrence okay. Kasdan. Yeah, she's like, yeah, Larry, Larry, Larry. Yeah, he, yeah he does, that that guy, Larry.
1: He does movies and stuff. I, from now on, I think that's going to be movies. how I present most of our. Like <laughs> the director of this movie is Steven Spielberg. He does movies and stuff.
2: He does movies now. That's awesome. You know, Saying he does movies and stuff. That, that's,
1: yeah. that's that's how I we're going to do I
2: don't
1: even have a to... Yeah. <laughs> uh, producers on this one were Kevin Costner, Lawrence Kasdan, the guy that does movies and stuff, and Jim Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also, collectively between them, they produced Dances with Wolves, The Bodyguard, Silverado at Grand Canyon. Composer was James Newton Howard, who from time to time, I will consistently get him confused. And, and even though I know James Horner's music very well, I will sometimes Mm -hmm. get James Horner, James Newton, Howard, and Howard Shore confused. Mm. Yeah. Because there's too many Jameses, too many Howards, and there's a Horner and a Shore in there somewhere.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And there's probably somebody named Newton. I don't know. But anyway, James Newton, Howard. uh, Well, and they're
0: all subject to the laws of physics. That is all true.
1: James Newton, Howard is almost a Three Stooges bit as well.
0: Yeah, you (laughs) could get there, sure.
1: Dr. Howard, Dr. Newton, Dr. James yes Mm -hmm. dr butt doctor (laughs) shout out (laughs) oh my god shout out to anybody who was listening before we hit record which is no one
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so now no one is in on that bit but no one understands
1: the joke that's just for the three of us
2: which is fine
0: yeah that's fine
1: the world is fine here you need you need a little something for yourself every now and then indeed but james newton howard did the sixth sense and king kong Cinematographer was Owen Roysman, who did the French Connection and Network. Editor was Carol Littleton, who did E.T. and The Big Chill. Production company was Warner Brothers, Tig Productions, Kazden Pictures, and Paragon Entertainment. Budget for this one was sixty-three million. Box office twenty-five point one million. Ouchies. Right, that, so that did not work out in their favor. Flick Metrics gives it a fifty-eight percent, and Cinema Score gives it a B plus. So it's doing okay, but it's not valedictorian. All right. Typically, when I pull this information, I pull it for like the top twelve actors in each movie, and I am like, twelve is barely going to scratch the surface. So here we go. Kevin Costner played Wyatt Earp. He was in Dances with Wolves and the Bodyguard. Dennis Quaid was Doc Holliday. He was in The Day After Tomorrow and Far From Heaven. Gene Hackman was Nicholas Earp. He was in The French Connection and Unforgiven. David Andrews was James Earp. He was in Fight Club and World War Z. Lyndon Ashby played Morgan Earp. He was in Mortal Kombat and Resident Evil Extinction. Jeff Fahey played Ike Clanton. He was not as dumb as he looks, and he was in The Lawnmower Man and Machete. Joanna Going played Josie Marcus. She was in Inventing the Abbots and Still Breathing. Mark Harmon played Johnny Behan. He was in Summer School and the Presidio. Michael Madsen played Virgil Earp. He was in Reservoir Dogs and Kill Bill Volume 2. Catherine O'Hara played Allie Earp. She was in Home Alone and Best in Show. Bill Pullman was Ed Masterson. He was in Independence Day and While You Were Sleeping. Tom Sizemore was Bat Masterson. He was in Saving Private Ryan and Black Hawk Down. Joe Beth Williams was Bessie Earp. She was in Poltergeist and The Big Chill. Mayor Winningham played Maddie Blaylock. She was in St. Elmo's Fire and Turner and Hooch. James Gammon played Mr. Sutherland. He was in Major League and Cold Mountain. Rex Lynn was Frank McClory. He was in Rush Hour and Django Unchained. Adam Baldwin was Tom McClory. He was in Full Metal Jacket and Serenity. Annabeth Gish was Yorilla Sutherland. She was in Mystic Pizza and Double Jeopardy. Lewis Smith played Curly Bill Brocius. He was in Southern Comfort and The Heavenly Kid. And Ian Bowen played Young Wyatt. He was in the Teen Wolf TV series, Yellowstone TV series, and the TV series uh, Superman and Lois. Which you can find, not that we've recorded anything recently, but you can find on the other hit podcast, Podcast Full of Kryptonite, which will be coming back as soon as Superman and Lois comes back. Which I also do with our good buddies over at the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast. All right. Trivia-wise, this is one of the longest mainstream Hollywood movies ever made, with its over three-hour runtime. Bo you had kind of already mentioned some stuff about the costumes that they were as authentic as you could possibly get them. There were some of those kind of battles and, and disagreements with the other production going on, the production for Tombstone. And I mean this really was Kevin Costner's from from production to from development to production. Kevin Costner as we know loves westerns and he's been on Tombstone recently and I feel like he's I feel like he was kind of leaving Tombstone to go do a Western miniseries that he had been working on, kind of a documentary-type series on the American West. So clearly he loves Westerns. So this is is definitely his jam. Oddly enough, director Lawrence Kasdan has released a director's cut, which includes even more scenes. Yes, I see the look on your face, Bo.
0: How long is that one?
1: I don't know.
0: Lord, that sounds excessive. I was going to look it up. That just sounds excessive. I'm just going to say it.
1: The Wyatt Earp director's cut. Special expanded edition. Oh. Yes. Oh, my. Okay. So the theatrical cut is the 190 minutes, the three hours and 10 minutes. Yeah. This director's cut Version of it. Hold on, carry the two with the. What's it was my point? understanding that there would be no math. Yes. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. Two hundred and twelve mm-hmm. minutes is that's the expanded edition. Oh. oh. What is that? That's three hours and thirty-two minutes.
2: Wow. Yeah. That's, that's like adventures. I mean, that's yeah. like Avengers
1: Endgame length, right? Possibly. Was Endgame more than three and a half hours? Was it three and a half hours? Oh,
2: probably not three and a half. So, I thought they were approaching three. And, and am Game I thinking was, of Infinity endgame was more?
1: Endgame was three hours, two minutes. So Endgame was even shorter than than wider. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, three hours, 32 minutes would be the expanded edition. That's got to be... That, The type of person that's watching that is the type of person that bought and really, really enjoys the Lord of the Rings extended editions.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm.
1: Which would have been my sibling. Bought all three of them and really, really enjoys them. And I love a good Lord of the Rings, but I'm not sure I love a four and a half hour Lord of the Rings.
2: I'm well, wait a minute, because there was the original theatrical. Yeah. And then they made extended editions, right? Are -hmm. those the ones you're talking about?
1: Of Lord of the Rings?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, because I'm I'm guilty as charged on that. I've oh, got all fine. three. Oh, that's fine. That's of the, fine. in fact, when I in fact here's <laughs> this this shows my my wife's devotion to me. When I'm like, okay, it's time to get into the Lord of the Rings. Those are the ones I made her watch.
0: Okay. Well, if you're gonna do it, do it right.
2: Yeah. Go big, go home. Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna be swimming upstream. Okay, I'm gonna be swimming upstream. I'm all. I'm all cocky because I've moved out of the 1900s and into the 21st century with my home entertainment system. Guess so you I'm should just be. as we just as so I'm just I'm I'm just going to go also on the stream and say those numbers sound incredible like oh my god really. But honestly if if I'm looking at this as I would a a miniseries that really doesn't seem that extreme. Do you know what I'm saying like if you cut that yeah. down into four well it would be my understanding there was no math if you cut that down into individual episodes I, I think I think he just had a lot of story to tell and it probably just it could have worked better in the other format
1: yeah uh, I, I agree with that yeah first of all I, I agree with you like I think as a mini series if you were to do this and break it up totally fine. second of all I need to put in an audio drop of Pat just stole your audio drop. <laughs>
0: I love everything about that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh.
1: Pat, I'm still stuck on the fact that you have a doctor named Dr. Butt now.
0: I know it's like this thing that's like I, sitting in I my brain stop. and a doctor named Doctor of my brain going, ha, 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 that's funny. Ha, ha. And I and I kind of want
1: so the 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 twelve year old me comes out and I'm like I really hope that he's like the head of some department.
0: Oh my god! So he yes. can be like Doctor.
1: I'm Doctor Butt, head of cardiology. Oh I don't know. <laughs> That would be really good. That's, that's, when, I, that's when I turn 12 again. Hmm. So, yeah. I'm just, I'm working really hard uh, because my, my lovely wife texted to let me know that every time I meant to say Yellowstone, I was saying Tombstone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my, my upstairs oh. uh, producer and editor was pointing out that I kept saying the wrong thing each time. And she said, I still love you. But then I decided to go tell the joke about Dr. Butt. And I'm sure she heard that. Yeah. And I don't know. Can you undo a text?
0: <laughs> you know what? You can now. Actually, okay. there is a way to go in and now ask I'd, me if I remember how. But you can go in and recall.
1: Okay, I'm. I'm not going to tell her how to do that because the "I still love you" text is still there. So if she oh, figures yeah, out how to take that away, then
0: mm-hmm. no, I would just
2: just let that sit.
1: Okay. All right.
2: As is. I'll
1: let it be. So if
2: ever if, if it ever becomes, yeah.
1: Oh, and then she texted me this, a GIF. She texted me this a This was a of text Beavis she sent you, but I
2: still love you or
1: Well, she followed it up with a with a gif of Beavis and Butthead, so
0: There you go. There you go.
1: We we know we're okay now. It's we just haven't gotten to the other puns I may end up telling during go. this episode, and, and that's the point at which I need to make sure there's a soft surface I can sleep on down here.
0: Yeah, that would probably so, be good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: Anyway. Yes. So, let's see. What else? What else we got for yeah, this I one? Yeah,
0: I derailed us again, I think. Ah, that's all right.
1: we We're nothing if not a podcast of constant derailment. True. So, in terms of the historical accuracy, I think feel like there was quite a bit... I know that when we did Tombstone, we talked about how they, you know, while they were taking artistic license with some of the characters and some of the situations we did talk about how there was some accuracy in, you know, locations and specific things that were said, like, yes, that it's believed that that's exactly what doc holiday said in that situation, or that's exactly what Wyatt Earp said in that situation. So each of these movies, both tombstone, I should like, if, when I mention tombstone, I should start calling it yellowstone and see how it goes.
0: Yeah. Maybe you'll like Mm -hmm. cancel each other out or something out or something. Yeah. Um, I like that.
1: Yeah. So between gravestone and Wyatt Earp, You've got two movies that I think have differing degrees of historical accuracy and oh taking some liberties with with certain things. But one of the things I was reading is that the personality of Wyatt Earp was maybe a little bit more true to his actual personality in this movie than it was in Tombstone. That he was a little bit more, not that he doesn't come across as being a troubled soul in Tombstone, but from what I was reading, some of the, some of the difficulty, and especially because it, it does go a lot more into his backstory. Like we see a lot of Wyatt Earp before he gets to Tombstone, whereas Tombstone is just, I mean, Tombstone is almost like a snapshot in time, whereas Wyatt Earp is more like the story of his life and how he got to where he was. And (laughs) Tombstone is just one chapter within that. Yes. Yeah. I, ca- I can I, start calling it Jellystone, but then I feel like I have to try to do a Yogi Bear impersonation, and I'm not sure I have one of those. <laughs> hey, boo-boo.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I would say this about the movies. I kind of get the feel that that Tombstone, in, in my mind, and I remember we discussed this when we discussed Tombstone, mine seems to be that it was like the classic. It was kind of in, in the same vein as like the classic Westerns of, of the the fifties and early sixties, where there were the good guys, there were the bad guys and you know, everybody's kind of good looking in it. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's, it's really like even the bad guys are kind of good looking. They've got the roguish charm to them and all this kind of thing. And that's tombstone in this movie. I I don't want to necessarily say it's grittier, but everyone kind of looks a little bit more average almost, like how I could imagine them looking in real life, right? Like even the bad guys, like if you put curly bill broches up next to the other curly bill brochures, they they look different. They just the way they do it in this one, they make the, the characters just seem more like just regular guys. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, it's, it's like the As difference. It's, it was, it's the difference between the History Channel doing a documentary on the Borgia family versus yeah. the Showtime show on the Borgia family.
0: Right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
1: You know, there's going to be a, a and, few and, different and again, elements in each of those based on the target audience.
2: And I'm not, I'm not assigning a value judgment to it because, like, each movie, I, I... Well, and again, I'm deeper... I'm getting ahead with the deeper thoughts, but... Each movie had a place and value, and I got enjoyment out of it.
1: So, Yeah. All right. Synopsis for this one. We'll give you the synopsis, and then we're going to give you the uh, trailer audio, and then we'll jump on into major moments where we try to kind of divvy up the movie into ten major moments that help give kind of a quick overview of the movie itself. If you haven't seen it or haven't seen it lately, then we'll try to summarize that for you as best we can. So, in a world where justice meets vengeance... Kevin Costner is Wyatt Earp. Dennis Quaid is Doc Holliday. As Wyatt tries to find his fortune, he and his family ride into the pages of history. In this epic tale of brotherhood and the battle against lawlessness, their guns blaze a trail through the Wild West. This is Wyatt Earp. Is there going to be a fight, Wyatt?
0: I think there must be. Gotta tell you something, Wyatt. I told your brothers when they went off to fight, and I suppose the time's come for you. You know I'm a man that believes in the law. After your family, it's about the only thing you got to believe in. But there are plenty of men who don't care about the law. Men who will take pardon and all kinds of viciousness. Don't care who gets hurt. When you find yourself in a fight with such viciousness, hit first if you can. And when you do hit, hit to kill. Kill them all. I'll be your family, Wyatt. I'll give you children. We'll make our own place where no one will find us,
2: and I won't die on you.
0: I'm dead anyway, so if you want to go out in a blaze of glory, I'm with you. The closer you keep your family, the better. Nothing counts so much as blood. The rest are just strangers.
1: Right. Well, even the trailer is full of long sweeping, <laughs> the, the long sweeping score of James Newton Howard. Yeah. It, I mean, it is. The trailer is really showcasing a lot of that. You get those sweeping landscape shots. and
2: Yeah. Yeah, that was that was extensive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The In fact, I, I think I saw one of the trailers was three and a half minutes long, which normally when you get a trailer, it's about a minute and a half. I feel like we were we were like trying to, to like have some ratio between movie to trailer.
0: I was gonna mm-hmm. say when the movie's that long, you know, right. the trailer's got to get a little love.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right, so major moments. I have divided these up into ten major moments, which we are. We're, we're, I'm gonna do this slightly differently just because of the movie style that it is and and what we've got going on here. So, um, these are the top ten dispatches from the front lines his childhood in Iowa. Teenage Wyatt Earp, hailing from a farm in Iowa, yearns to join the war effort during these tumultuous Civil War days. Yet his father's firm hand thwarts his ambitions. My dear, as the battle rages on, young Wyatt witnesses the harrowing trauma his brothers endure upon their return. And this is where I'm going to apologize because I don't know what's wrong with me. But
0: do we do can we make a list? No, we
1: have we have a limited amount of time for this episode, so
2: Oh my gosh, folks.
1: I apologize because in my in my frailty as a human being, I for some reason made up a song Mm -hmm. to go with the little scene where his brothers come back. And it was something along the lines of like a Virgil. Back from the Civil War. He's brought his brother and he's hurt more. I don't know why. You're ill. I don't know why why these things pop in. I need to, apparently, I probably need to go see Dr. Butt, head of cardiology.
0: (laughs) Dr. Butt, and if Dr. Butt is not a proctologist, I just don't know.
1: It's in the end, that's all that matters. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So. Dispatch number two, early childhood and mawage in the aftermath of shattered dreams. Oh, wait, hold on. There we go. Wyatt finds himself as a wagon driver and a boxing referee. Taya Leone goes from madam to madam secretary after this movie. And mm-hmm. he meets her in the house of ill repute. His life takes a twist when he courageously disarms a menacing bully. Returning to his homestead, he enters into wedded bliss with Miss Urilla Sutherland but joy turns to sorrow as she succumbs to the ravages of typhoid fever. Dispatch number three. Descent into despair. Grief stricken by Urilla's untimely passing, Wyatt sets their cherished belongings ablaze and seeks solace in the insurance money and the embrace of alcohol. Aimlessly, he roams the land, and his reckless path eventually leads to his arrest in the heart of Arkansas. Dispatch number four. Buffalo hunter and lawman. Now a buffalo hunter, Wyatt's journey takes a turn when he befriends the Mastersons and assumes the role of deputy marshal in Wichita. Now, this is, I, I enjoyed this scene because I, I, I think the, Bat, the Mastersons, Ed and Bat Masterson, were great characters. I, Bill Pullman was great, but I did have a moment where as he's like, Bat, Bat, where, where did you get that name? And in my head, I'm <laughs> like, where did you get that name? and i like i wanted there to be some kind of a story instead of the whole it's bartholomew thing i kind of wanted bartholomew masterson to sit there and just be like well my ma and my pa were leaving the ford theater and she was wearing her grandmama's best pearls and then somehow it it turns into that whole thing and that's how i got the name back but he why see
0: that's where you went
1: yeah where'd you go bartholomew oh Bartholomew yes (laughs) Always when I'm eating
0: Always.
1: (laughs) Wyatt swiftly gains notoriety For his unyielding enforcement of the law Relocating to the bustling Dodge City Wyatt becomes entangled with the enigmatic Maddie Blaylock Here he faces professional turmoil Battling accusations of excessive force And navigates turbulent waters In his relationship with Maddie And he argues a lot with his sisters-in-law That was another kind of Interesting thing you don't get in Tombstone is now, the, do you
0: even meet most of the women in Tombstone? No, they
1: they take that they take that like window reflection picture with each other at the beginning. Oh, you, you that's kind right. Of, you kind of see them a little bit, like when the brothers all get shot. Um, <laughs> okay, that's fair. You yeah. see them in those scenes, but really they they really are a lot more fleshed out in this one, and mm-hmm. you really get the mm-hmm. sense that there's a lot more of that family dynamic that like Wyatt is the one that is, is <laughs> leading this whole thing. Like everybody listens to Wyatt. It's
0: well, the boys do anyway.
1: Uh, the boys do. Yeah. The, the, the wives do not, and they're not super happy about it, but it's whatever Wyatt says.
0: What What's the line who, who elected you King or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Like yeah. who elected
1: you King, but yeah. So Wyatt is, his word is law. So it's, it's basically a Wyatt supremacy. Dispatch oh, number six. Oh gosh. Oh, no. Is when we were meeting Doc Holliday. While in hot pursuit of notorious outlaws, Wyatt's path crosses that with Doc Holliday in the vast expanses of Texas. A profound friendship takes root, setting the stage for a pivotal chapter in his life. And I'm going to stop here for a second and say, I was worried about this because we, in this house, some people have signs in their house that's like, in this house, we eat, pray, love, and all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I, we need a sign in our house that's like, in this house, Val Kilmer. Is Doc Holiday.
0: Um, Cheers.
1: Thank you. However, Mm -hmm. I got to give it to Dennis Quaid is I was a little worried. I was like, I don't know how this is going to go because hashtag not my Doc Holiday. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he was fine. Like actually not as good as Val Kilmer. I I still will will take Val Kilmer over him any day. But I thought he did a really good job. Like there were still moments where he, he put his own twist on it and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't. Yeah, I I didn't feel like it was copycatting anything or or anything like that. I thought it Mm -hmm. it did a really nice job with it. Different enough that it didn't make me upset. Yeah. Let's Mm -hmm. see. Tragedy strikes with the untimely deaths of Wyatt's brothers and a fierce feud with the notorious Cowboys gang all culminates in the legendary gunfight at the OK Corral. It's easy for me to say. Forever etching Wyatt Earp's name into the annals of history. Fueled by vengeance... For the attacks on his brothers, Wyatt leads a relentless posse in pursuit of justice against the cowboys. This defines his legacy as a formidable lawman. And then, as we kind of jump ahead a bit in the twilight of his life, he finds himself in the distant land of Alaska, accompanied by Josie. A young man actually recounts the tales of some of his past deeds, showcasing the lasting impact of his journey and his life. And then we get a little bit of a, an epilogue at the end. the The film kind of bids farewell to... Doc Holliday talking about his final moments, hints at the mysterious fates of the Clanton gang, and it notes that Wyatt and Josie's marriage endured and Wyatt passed, uh, passed away peacefully at the age of 80. So that is the that is the three-hour and 11-minute epic condensed down into ten major moments. Was there anything? Mm-hmm. I, we'll get into the our deeper thoughts, but was there anything you guys felt like I missed? Anything we should add?
0: No, I think you, so. you, you hit right. the big stuff.
1: All right. Hit the big time. All right. It is now time to have some deeper
0: thoughts about this one.
1: And now,
0: Deep Thoughts. I have an opinion on this matter. Don't mince words, Bones. What do you really think? I like it a lot. Wow. It's very deep. Thank you.
1: All right. First, Deeper Thoughts question. The first scene that we see older Wyatt Earp in. Mm-hmm. Your opinion, was he wearing the same colored costuming that he wore in the uh, beginning of Robin Hood Prince of Thieves? <laughs> I don't know. Something about the way his hair looked and when he was ride when he was driving the the, the wagon
0: mm-hmm. with the horses
1: and they were trying to get away from that gang.
0: It did have about a feel his, to
1: it, didn't it? His hair and the outfit, he looked a little Robin Hoodish. He did. Yeah. He did.
0: So That's funny. Yeah. I had man. not I had not thought about it that way.
1: Yeah. I thought it was one of those for like I had to—I had to like blink for a second. I was like, what did he was he like making Robin Hood and he had to like step away that day to go film some scenes for Wyatt Earp and he just kept the clothes on? But yeah, had a had a little bit of a Robin Hood moment to it. That's funny. The usual First question for deeper thoughts is when was the first time you saw this? And did you like this movie?
0: This was my first watch of this. I remember thinking at the time when it came out that I had seen tombstone and I just didn't know if I had the time to put into it. So this was my first, my first go round.
1: Gotcha. And did you enjoy the movie?
0: I did. I, I, I joked earlier about it was long and it could be shorter and they indulged in some things. But in the end, I really did. Mm-hmm. Different portrayals, different different ways of looking at the same scenes. Mm-hmm. But it is a character who I am interested in, which helps. Like, yeah. he's just one of those iconic Old West guys. And yeah. as much as I know I couldn't survive in the Old West, I, I think it would be cool, you know? I mean, there's a lot of, I don't know, something about that time is special.
1: Yeah. Patrick, what about you? When was the first time you saw this movie?
2: I think I, I think the first time I saw it was, I think it was just a couple years ago. Oh, okay. Same thing. I mean, it was like, I remember Tombstone, Tombstone and Wyatt Earp came out together, and people that always say there was the action one, and then there was the... Epic one, mm-hmm. you know, and some of the more, yeah, it wasn't as exciting. It was, there were boring parts, which, and there obviously the, the crew I was running with at that point, they were all like 15 or 16 year olds. So yeah, historical epic, like most kids are might, well, I want to say most kids, but a lot of kids will go the other way, which again, I think is very unfortunate because I really enjoyed this movie. I say a couple years ago, it might, it might've been like 10 or 15 years ago but yeah, well after college and I, it was on, or it was available on Netflix or cable on demand or whatever the heck it was. And I'm like, yeah, I'll check this out. Yeah. Really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. I, first time was yesterday watching this movie and my wife and I both were like, I, I asked her, I have, have, you seen this one? She said, I think I might've seen parts of it. And I was like, I'm not even sure I've seen parts of this. Like, I don't think I ever saw it. I, once I watched tombstone, I think just the idea of, oh, there was another one that year, and it's how long? Mm-hmm. No, that's okay. I'll, I'll, I probably would rather watch Tombstone twice than watch something different because I just really enjoy Tombstone. So I think that's why I probably shied away from this one, not because it was a bad movie. I didn't, didn't know anything about it, and I always enjoy a good Kevin Costner movie. But, yeah, I think it was just one of those where it just was like, all right, a Western movie about Wyatt Earp. Well, I own Tombstone. Tombstone is readily available. Why would I just not watch Tombstone? So I, I think that was probably the only thing. Having watched it, I did really enjoy it. I I agree that I think there's a lot, time-wise I think you could have, if you weren't going to do this as a miniseries, which I think it, it would make a great miniseries divided up into multiple parts, I think if you weren't going to do that as a movie, it was a bit long as a as a single sitting movie. I would have definitely cut some parts down. And honestly, what I and I think my wife and I were kind of talking about this as we were watching it when we finished it up. I said this would be really cool if you could take cuz as we mentioned, this is the story of his life, like from childhood to old age. It's the story of his life. Tombstone is just one chapter in the story of his life, and I really enjoy how you get to see Texas, And you get to see Dodge City, and you get to see these places, and you get to see his first marriage and how that ended. And that really kind of helps inform some of the ways that he is when he's older. So I was just thinking of this. What I would love to see is if somebody, maybe somebody has, if somebody made some kind of, like, supercut where they took the beginnings of his life from this movie and then once he gets to Tombstone, cut in the Tombstone movie— And then finish off the rest of it can be the Tombstone movie. I think this would make a great, if you were thinking of this as like the first half of this as like a prequel to Tombstone, you know, I would love to see something like that because I do really think that the scenes of him as a younger man, you know, pre first marriage and post first marriage really helps to inform a lot of what you end up seeing in Tombstone and explaining why, well, here's why he's. Kind of a rough guy, and here's why he keeps people at a distance, and here's so I I loved that part. I love how it fleshed out his character a whole lot more. Because honestly, Tombstone, when you think about it, is really like the young gunsification of a western. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more of like a rock and roll western. Sure, when you really think about it, this one is more like the sweeping epic western where it kind of gets into the historical details and and some of that stuff. Not that Tombstone doesn't. This just this movie kind of lets that stuff breathe a little bit more, whereas Tombstone is, you better hold your breath, because hold on to the reins, like we're not stopping, kind of a deal. So I I would love to see if somebody put together some kind of a supercut of mashing this one together, like select scenes of this, don't make it like a four-hour movie, but select scenes of this one cut together with Tombstone as the scenes in Tombstone, Arizona, I think that could be kind of cool to see. But amazing just like with Tombstone, there's so many people and so many actors in Tombstone that are amazing actors. Same as this one, just like to be watching this movie and to see, you know, to see, oh, Bill Pullman and and all the other people in this, you know, Kevin Costner and, oh gosh, I'm, I'm starting to blank out on names, but...
0: Mark, Mark Harmon shows yeah, Mark up Harmon and, and- Yeah
1: you know, just a ton of great actors in this movie. And the same with tombstone, like there's mm-hmm. a ton of great actors in that one too. And that's, what's fun about these is you get these sweeping epics and they also have an epic cast to go along with them.
2: Very much though.
1: So. Yeah. So ultimately that is, that is my opinion of the movie is I did really enjoy this movie. I would have probably shortened it down just a little bit. And I really, really, what I did prefer in this movie over tombstone is a lot of that background.
0: Getting that, getting mm-hmm. that
1: backstory, getting to find out some of his motivations, you know that. Getting to see actually the scenes where, that scene where he fir- you see first see him as a brutal lawman in Kansas, you know the first time he just knocks somebody down before even letting them talk. He's like, "You guys talk too mm-hmm. much," and and then there's all the complaints because you know you hear the legends of man he's a he's a tough lawman and everybody must have, the people in Dodge City must have loved him because he law and order all the time and. And uh, you know, you get the scenes in this one where it's like the mayor needs to have a word with you, Wyatt. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: Mayor's got something got something he wants to tell you. You're being a bit too rough.
2: Well, and then, and then that had the scene with the character of uh, not Bat Masterson Ed, but the other one tried Ed Masterson. He ended up getting shot in the gut. Right. And yeah. uh, he tried know, the he's other. He's like, way, you're and... not right for this. Yeah. Yeah, I I really that, and I'll tell you, like. Boy, that you know, the, the, the it's violent and and Tombstone is violent, but that this one just just seemed to be a lot more prettier with that because you're seeing these guys that are getting gut shot and just oh man that was awful yeah I felt I felt bad when he got when he got shot and the thing is is you know not only and was I know other shot, he do it on I did it too I think Unforgiven did it yeah I know and I think it was I think it was Unforgiven where people were missing a lot, but I noticed in this movie a lot, there'd be a bunch of shots that it just missed, Yeah, you know, which boy, I'm not an expert on that, but the little bit I've read is that that was more often the case. Whereas I think in Tombstone, it, it again, not an indictment on the, the film at all, but it falls a little bit more in terms into the old Hollywood Hollywood Westerns where you kind of shoot the guns out of the guy's hands kind of thing. And again, each one's good for its own thing. But like that was in this, it's a lot of the gun, very close quarters. I I don't know if this still made the okay corral bigger than what I think it is. I, there's something online that shows how big the okay corral was. And it really wasn't that big of an not, area. No,
1: actually, I've, I've been there. It's not that big.
2: Um, right. And then, and, and it was obviously a lot smaller than what they depicted in tombstone. But even the way that they use the guns in this is really, you know, like the, the handguns aren't really used to shoot from a distance that much. They're almost like used in like more hand to hand combat. You know quarters, what I'm yeah. saying? In the sense of very close quarters. You know, close enough to be able to use like a blade or a knife or any of that kind of stuff is, is where they use the guns and that yeah, it just
1: So Pat, what yeah. I what I take what I take from your comments there is that what we should all understand is because it was a long time ago
0: in a galaxy far mm-hmm, way, the
1: stormtroopers right accuracy is historically accurate
0: works for me okay yes i guess if
1: yes. if the, the stormtroopers are the same way then i mean yeah. yeah so their accuracy is is to be understood as a historical fact
2: yeah it it is incredibly factual
1: most of them and hit the broadside of a Bantha. No, yeah, huh?
2: that broadside's pretty big, too.
1: It is.
0: Mm-hmm. it
2: is, yeah. I I like but, the, I want to say, too, I like the whole how it ties into his dad saying, Hey, you're gonna have to strike first, yeah. Mm-hmm. And when he's that kid which tries to walk away, the 12 fight, he tries to do the other thing, and then the guy's challenging. I mean, he just pulls out the, the pulls picks up the cue ball and. Smacks him right in the, yeah. what is he throwing in the throat?
1: In his throat. Yeah. Hits him right in the yeah.
2: throat. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. But that becomes the theme that is throughout his life, just like when he, you know, pistol whipped the guy and that wouldn't surrender his weapon. And right. it was. Yeah.
1: Well, and that's, it's a reflection on why he, why he puts himself in charge and why he won't let the sisters in law talk to him about anything because it's his way or people get killed. You know, when he Mm -hmm. does things his way, things turn out fine. It might be brutal. It might not be what anybody else likes, but everybody around him dies and he doesn't. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So, which is interesting. It kind of reinforces that idea that the wild West needed to have a person like a Wyatt Earp. It couldn't have had an Ed Masterson, you know, can yeah. that, that was not a time or place where you can talk through things. You, yeah. Hostage negotiation was not necessarily going to go well there.
2: That'd be the that'd be the interesting thing. The research is yeah, the, yeah. The historic the historical accuracy of the movies obviously, but then just going deeper, like what what did that entail? Yeah, I was I was surprised because I thought the Maddie Baylock Blaylock character yeah. was played surprisingly similar in both movies.
1: Yes, uh, we commented on that as we were watching it, too. We're like, wow, she, not only does she look like the actress, are they similar-looking actresses, but, you know, it's played very similarly, too. A, a little more, in this one, a little more overt about her knowledge of something going on between Wyatt and Josie. mm But, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. hmm
1: And interesting that in this one it was... But, again, the... Well, in this one that it was Wyatt that was pursuing Josie and not the other way around.
0: Right.
2: Hmm. Yeah. And again, I think that just plays into the nature of the movies. This one is supposed to be a little bit of a little bit grittier. Yeah. Not as many heroes here. Everyone's got painted with shades of gray. The other one is a little bit more high adventure and fun. Hollywood quotable lines and 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 the rest
0: yeah
1: the relationship between big nose kate and doc holiday from what i understand was a little bit more historically accurate in this one like there were times when they were at each other's throats threatening to kill each other because of their volatile relationship where you don't see that in tombstone it's just it's pretty much she's she's always there to keep everybody away from him and she's his free ride and meal tickets and that's how it's portrayed in Tombstone, but in this one, you, I think that's from what I've read, that that's much more what their relationship was like. Was there were times where she tried to shoot Doc, and he pulled a knife on her, and that that was that was about how their relationship actually was.
2: Yeah, I, I hear you.
1: I did read up that Dennis Quaid did lose a ton of weight to be able to play Doc Holliday, and because he wanted to play him as as sickly as he would have looked in real life.
2: Yeah. No, it, it, he definitely had the look, and that honestly, Doc Holliday for Westerns kind of is like the Joker for the Batman movies. Yeah, you know, every yeah. like that's the character where you really, really can—you've got a lot of room to maneuver.
0: Yeah,
2: you know what I'm saying? And I really, yeah, we talked about how wonderful the Val Kilmer one was. But I don't want to say, well, then everything else is garbage, right? right? Like, just like you can find with the Joker, right? Like, okay, well, Heath Ledger was amazing. I mean, that's an understatement, but Jack Nicholson was pretty amazing. Okay. Going back, Caesar Romero was pretty, like, you know what I'm saying? I really find that this Doc Holiday character is, is exactly that. Like you, you really get some cool interpret, different interpretations of the character. Yeah.
1: And still very similar. Val Kilmer's he he is his friend, and he will step in and he will protect Wyatt when when Wyatt needs protecting, and he'll do it in a way where Wyatt kind of gets to save face. And mm-hmm. in, in Tombstone, so you you have that scene in Tombstone where he pretends to be sick, and then he goes to, you know, he goes to to duel Johnny Ringo in his place because he knows Wyatt probably mm-hmm. won't win that duel. And in this one, it was the mm-hmm. scene where Wyatt is he's going in to start drinking for the first time in years. And he's mm-hmm. like, give me a glass, give me the bottle. And he stands there and you can see doc look up from his card game. Yep. And he's like, gentlemen, and I, this gentlemen, game
0: I, bores me. <laughs>
1: this game bores me. I'm out. And then he gets up, walks over there and just pulls the, I think mm-hmm. he pulls the bottle out of his hand and starts pouring for himself. Like as if, mm-hmm. Hey, my buddy Wyatt, I know he doesn't drink. Mm-hmm. He must be in a really bad spot. If he's going to start drinking after nearly a lifetime of not drinking, of just drinking coffee. I need to go take one for the team or or Mm -hmm. take three or four for the team and I'm going to start drinking seven or eight, you know, uh, that that makes a baker's dozen for me. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's kind of his way. Mm -hmm. He's, he's going to, you know, he's, he's going to take a bottle for Wyatt, basically. Right. Yeah. I thought that was a great way to, to kind of showcase their friendship and what he was willing to do for him. Right. All right, I, anything else we want to say about this one before we go heading into our three questions? Uh, it's it's a great if you want to check out a, a sweeping epic of a Western movie. Uh, if you're a Kevin Costner fan, if you're a Western fan, I think you're going to really, really enjoy this one. Um, I I personally see it as a good companion piece to Tombstone. Tombstone is probably still my favorite, will probably always be my favorite portrayal of the Wyatt Earp story, but this one had a, mm-hmm. a lot, I felt like it had a lot going for it and really, helped flesh out some of the stuff that tombstone does not take the time to do.
0: Right. Agreed. Yeah.
1: All right. It is time for three questions. We're not saying that you can't ask questions. You just can't ask questions in town.
2: He asks each traveler five questions, three questions, three questions I award you no points, and may
1: God have mercy on your soul. All right. Question number one. If there was going to be a fight between Kevin Costner and Kurt Russell, who would win?
0: I think it's Kurt Russell. I think he's got snake energy.
1: Honestly, that's that's my answer too. I feel like I feel like in a fight, Kevin Costner could probably retell the story of the fight really, really well. And, oh and, yeah and regale you with it but i don't know i feel like i feel like kurt russell's wiping the floor with him i would agree you know it's the bodyguard versus snake plissken all right who are you?
0: It, yeah. Oh, yeah and i think it's the snake plissken and honestly even seeing him as santa claus in the christmas chronicles he's a yeah. bad man santa it's kind of he'll throw down
1: yeah that's true yeah Hi, Pat. What do you got?
2: I don't. I don't think I can refute your 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 logic there. I, it's funny. I kind of was going off of the Kevin Costner's portrayal of Wyatt Earp or or yeah. Kurt Russell's portrayal of Wyatt Earp. But you're talking about just Kurt Russell versus Kevin Costner. I am, and you're but, right. And I think it's yeah. Well, I I think that. Well, take it, um, take it your
1: route though. Like what would you, if it was the portrayal of Wyatt Earp, which Wyatt Earp would win? Would it be the uh, Kevin Costner, Wyatt Earp, or would it be Kurt Russell, Wyatt Earp?
2: Honestly, it'd be a draw. It'd be a draw because they both have scenes where, and I'm trying to remember the exact one, but this one had the scene too where where Kevin Costner's Wyatt Earp just walked out and none of the bullets hit him. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Right. Right. Then they have one of those. So, I mean, it's, if, if you, if both guys have that, it would be like playing chess with two Kings. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it just, and that's the thing is like Kevin Costner just can look menacing sometimes mm. with some of his roles. And I shouldn't say sometimes with some of his roles, it's just, and maybe it's the movies that I've seen him in. He is more often played, you know, a good guy or just kind of like the, the every man and all that. Whereas Kurt Russell has got a few more of those like snake pliskin rolls. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But but that being said, I mean, you look at Kevin Costner in open range, you look in Kevin Costner in untouchables. Well, he's kind of like the, the the inexperienced guy in untouchables. But I, I don't know. I, I I think if you if you went role for role, Kevin Costner has a little bit more of the whole, like, if you build it, they will come, like those kinds of roles, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Kurt Russell always seems to have, like, either the silly adventurer in Big Trouble in Little China or, like, the tough guy that no one wants to mess with, like an escape from New York, all that kind of thing. So that's if you went role for role. But again, when they play, like a like, a bad dude that you just don't want to mess with, I don't know. I, I I really think it would come up to be more of a draw. I mean, because because let me let me let me put it this way. Like, well, I I don't know if that's accurate too. In in the Tombstone, when it's the shooting of the sheriff, when uh, Curly Bill is out howling yeah. at the moon, yeah, and firing the guns at the moon, and then Kurt Russell runs out to help him, and he says, you know, when he backs all those guys down, and and I don't know. I I almost feel like Kevin Costner's got uh, wider. Maybe would have been a little bit. But even rougher than that, when he's running the saloon and they're kind of big-dogging him, Kurt Russell's just like, not a lawman anymore. Deal. Next card. Next card. You win. Okay. You know, just kind of like yeah. taking a pass at it. I don't know. the the Why do I keep forgetting his name? Like Kevin Costner? Wyatt Might have pulled the trigger on the shotgun underneath the table. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yep. it just... I think it's a lot more of a draw when you look at these characters, but I agree with you guys that when you're looking at their overall rules, Kurt Russell has a few more of those, you know, a little bit more of those butt whooper roles.
1: Yeah. All right. Question number two, favorite movie scene that takes place in a saloon.
0: Well, this is unfair. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I just, I just want, uh-huh. because you could, I mean, I don't know if it's low-hanging fruit, but the Moss Eisley Cantina is the first thing that comes mm-hmm. to mind. I'd, I'd give you mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Always. But, I mean, I could go on. But that's the first one I came up with. But I have many honorable mentions once you gentlemen have have said yours.
1: I mean, I, I kind of immediately went to Tombstone. Sure. And I immediately went to the card game that Val Kilmer is playing against. Oh. Fred's Frank Stallone. Mm-hmm. Why Ed Bailey? Are we cross? Why Ed, if I thought you weren't my friend, I just don't mm-hmm. think I could bear it. Yeah. That's, that might be one of my favorite saloon scenes in a movie. Although, the ones in Unforgiven are awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I, I specifically wanted to say saloon because I can I can think of it a bunch of bar scenes like American Psycho. There's the one right. scene in the bar, you know. So what do you do? I'm in murders and executions mostly. You do? Oh yeah, I got a friend that's in mergers and acquisitions.
2: Mm-hmm. So nice.
1: Yeah. Pat, did you narrow it down? Well,
2: yeah, no. I I I'm just I'm, I hear what both saying I'm, the the Star Wars ones I hear what you're saying I I really liked I really liked Back to the Future Parks yes. I grew up loving westerns so when they take when they take one of my favorite movies of all time and and the Back to the Future adventures and suddenly you're going to make a western that's the greatest thing ever and you know one of the running gags is him dealing with escaping from Biff in that and then escaping from Griff in the future. So the idea that he gets into a gunfight in the old west and gets into a gunfight in the old west and then takes off and they're chasing him on horseback, dance, dance. And he starts doing the moonwalk. Yeah, It's just, it's just so deliciously back to the future in a Western. And it's, I, I, I'd have to say that's, that's the, I just got to go gut reaction. That's, that's my favorite one that comes to mind.
1: That's the, that was my backup. I was going to go with the Back to the Future 3 saloon okay. to seeing if those, if if nobody else mentioned it, that was going to be my backup, but I was kind of hoping one of you gentlemen would.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Sure
1: Well, I didn't know the circus was in town.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me, Kay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Must be some kind of, kind of skin's skin. those.
1: <laughs> you want water? Well, dunk your head in the horse trough out there. In here, we pour whiskey. I'll have an ice water. Let's
2: make some wake-up juice (laughs) he's back out again no that that was just a good that was just the knee-jerk reaction it hasn't set in yet
1: how many did he have that's his first one right there
0: stared at it all night
1: Mm -hmm. uh bo what were your backups
0: okay
1: (laughs) (laughs) allow me to retort.
0: (laughs) exactly i mean you could go to lost in translation Yes. Um uh, pulp fiction. Mm-hmm. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. Love that scene. Passengers. Yeah. Groundhog Day, Casablanca, Coyote Ugly. I mean Coyote Ugly happened the whole movie happens in a saloon for right. crying out loud. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, dude, John, what are you doing to me with this question? Right.
1: I would apologize, but I won't.
0: Nah. No. So. My my, it may have to do with uh, my bartending experience, but man, when you said that, I was like, Ooh, "Movies and saloons, all right, let's go."
1: <laughs> I'm surprised you um, didn't go Roadhouse.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I could keep going. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, but I, I felt that those were those were my highlights. We we'll
1: count. Uh, we can count from Dust Till Dawn as a saloon too.
2: Sure. Okay. Psychos sure. on Roadhouse or- what's that? I don't care. I don't care how crazy they are. <laughs> <laughs> they look like psychos. Is that what they look like? They were vampires. Psychos do not explode when sunlight hits them. I don't give a f- how crazy they are.
0: As completely incongruous to the movie as it was, the casino slash bar scene in one of the sequels, the Star Wars sequels. Why am I drawing a blank on the name of it?
1: The casino. The was it Maz Kanata's? Yeah. Saloon or whatever you want to call it, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean that saloon. And then there was the fancy casino and the other one too Only, that I forgot uh, about. Canto Bite. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. that whole scene had issues as far as part of the story, but the scene itself was banging. Right. Yeah. I mean, and we didn't oh. even talk about Java's Palace. That's true. I mean, not technically a saloon, but it might as well be the way she's up there swinging and singing.
1: I mean, and the sail barge. I mean, they were serving drinks.
0: There you go. Gosh, when you
1: think about it. Just Star Wars spent a lot of time in a bar. Star Wars is super boozy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for a kid's I movie. I didn't really process that until this moment, but man. What? R2, what uh, are you doing
1: here? I can see you're serving
0: drinks. <laughs> even in, in the, the... Yeah, it was the Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. They oh, spent this. 15, 20 minutes in that one bar. Plenty of saloons in there, yeah. yeah. Carl yeah. Weathers hangs out in a bar. That's I right. Mean, if you were Carl Weathers, wouldn't you? Yes. <laughs> yeah but he doesn't pay for
2: his drinks either <laughs> no. Bill and Ted's excellent adventure had fun bar scene mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. we're with you mr. the kid <laughs> that one was fun yep oh uh, that was really fun yeah uh
1: all right and final question i already know pat's answer to this so i will answer for him uh Ooh. i'm lydia Dietz. i have a sound mm-hmm. mind and who are your favorite movie siblings? Uh, Pat's answer is Jeremy Irons from dead ringers.
2: Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> it. Well, you got it. of movie siblings. Of was, all time? Now,
0: do the movie siblings have to be in the same movie?
1: Mm, I guess not. I was, uh, I thought, I thought knowing you, Bo, I thought the question you were going to go towards was now, do the movie siblings have to have not kissed?
0: Oh, okay. That's fair. But that's, that's not the a, question you asked. Okay. So. No, no, because, well, you led me down the path with Jeremy Irons. Oh, go for it. Because who are two is some of the best movie siblings? Mm-hmm. Jeremy Irons and oh. Hans Gruber. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's fantastic right mm-hmm. there. That is. Now, I have other ideas, but those two are amazing. That is true.
1: I didn't even think about that
0: but well it's because they're not in the same movie but and i hadn't really thought of it either until you said jeremy irons and then i was like oh yeah that one that one
1: i i like it
0: Uh, alan rickman by the way the name sort of flew out of my brain while i was trying to say it so i said hans gruber but that's what i meant to say
1: Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers got a hug. <laughs>
0: well, there's a good one. Yeah, I don't want to take anybody's, but I thought of a few.
1: Yeah, I was I was a little a little back and forth on some of these, and I still am not quite sure what I've narrowed it down to. I mean, there's obviously Luke and Leo. Sure, uh, you know, classic siblings with benefits.
0: Um, hey, now, you know, family podcast. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't even realize it as I did it. Oh, wow.
1: I'm, I'm sorry, Bo. We caught you mid-drink there. Yeah. I was almost going to go twins. Ah, that was on my list. Yeah.
0: Because that's funny.
1: <clears throat> I was going to go twins. But then you've got some of the other siblings. The siblings in E.T. are mm-hmm. awesome. I, what was one of the other ones? Adam's family with Wednesday sure. and um, mm-hmm. I I think I'm going to go twins, though
0: even though they're not in much of the movie, how about all the siblings from home alone? Yeah. Like that's just a happening right there.
1: Yeah. I mean, Pat hates all of that, but right. Was anybody related in point break? (laughs) Utah. Give me two. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would go. uh, I think I go twins. That's solid. Danny, Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Pat, what you got?
2: Yeah, I, you know, Luke and Leah, that one's, you know, super, super easy. I'm a big fan of the Fast and the Furious, so you could say Dominic and Mia Toretto.
0: Oh, yeah. And
2: it's all about family. Yeah. I mean, it's all about, Bo, are you all caught up on Fast and the Furious? No, I'm embarrassed at how behind I am. I well, you know. I blame my lovely
0: I, uh, wife. We, we we embarked on a rewatch when we knew they were releasing X. And we haven't finished the right. rewatch, so we haven't watched X yet. <laughs> we have some work to do. So no, I am not caught. Gotcha.
2: Talking, but I'm getting there. I confess my Zoom machine was kind of oh. I I was I confess my Zoom machine breaking up. How far have you gotten on your rewatch?
0: I think we're on six or seven, but I have to admit six or seven is where I sort of lose okay. it. I flip them a lot, but we're, we're in the six, seven right. era. So working on it.
2: Okay. Is the rock in it yet?
0: I believe the, we saw the first one he was in, whichever one that is. Okay.
2: <laughs> That's, Okay. Because at the end, I, at the end,
0: I start to lose. Like I just know that they're going cool order. I know.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: and it's all just well, car chases and explosions at some point. So
2: it's amazing. Oh, it's 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 more than just car chases. I mean, they. The thing is, those movies are so unapologetically genuine. Of just, it's like we're going to take ownership for what we are. Yep. And I, I, I just love them for that.
0: I agree. I mean, they, they not.
2: Are- They're not trying to be anything fancy. Nope. Nope. Jumping the shark is our middle name. I mean, that is exactly what those movies are.
0: I mean, you get, you go from the rock to. Oh gosh. Yes. Why am I drawing blanking on his name right now? That's terrible.
2: Jason Statham.
0: Yes. Thank you. You have the Rocky of Jason Statham and now Jason Momoa. I mean, come on.
2: (laughs) You're pushing all the buttons. John Cena's in it. Yeah, That's um, right. Wonder Woman's in it.
0: Wow. Yeah. And and a lovely, uh, lovely addition to that franchise she was,
2: is. Mm. Gina, Gina Carano is oh, in it. Oh, yeah. And the best part is no one dies in that. Some people die, but then somehow. They just show you know, up again. Always kind of. <laughs> they show, I mean, it's totally, it's just. And that's the thing—is like, oh my god, they have this person in it. Mm-hmm. They have this person in it. Just talk to me, Goose. Once you've seen X, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I gotta
0: remind yeah. Donna that we're we're not done with that.
2: Oh yeah, it's it's especially. Have you gotten to the ones with Charlize Theron in it?
0: I don't think so. That might be the next one. See, now I got to look
2: because oh, I feel gosh. like I'm
0: always like, let's see. Which one is six? I'm pretty sure that's where we're at.
2: Yeah. Well, I don't mean to derail, but like yeah. I said, it's they're They're that's just great. entertaining. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's so fun. I,
1: I did as I was as I was thinking more about it, I did have a little bit more like a little bit of a backup list of some other siblings, Caster and Pollux, Troy. Yeah, what do you got? Sure. From Face Off. They're fun. The siblings in Donnie Darko. Have you guys seen Donnie Darko?
0: Yeah. yeah. Long time ago. I,
1: especially when they're having around the dinner table and they're just kind of arguing back and forth with each other. Yep. I, I can't mm-hmm. repeat the, the famous line from that dinner on the family-friendly podcast we have. No. But Yeah. How, how would one do that? <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one I thought of, which I haven't watched in quite a while, but I always remember really, really enjoying that movie, is Legends of the Fall.
0: Sure.
1: And the mm. uh, the Ludlow brothers,
0: little old school. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Yeah. Cruel intentions. The McCafferty
2: brothers in Backdraft.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yes.
2: That's the really good one.
0: The we we were talking mostly movies, but the siblings in Rescue Me. Yeah. The yeah. Solid. The brother and sister in the Michael Myers Cat in the Hat. And then you could go on to some of the like the parent traps and all of that. I mean, you go on, but
1: all right. Well, I think that's going to do it. We did our our siblings, didn't we? Everybody had their yeah, yeah. Uh, That's going to do it for this one. That's going to do it for Wyatt Earp. We are at thirty podcast on all the different social medias. So if you want to find us somewhere, that is the best place to start looking. Use the at thirty podcast on. Twitter, or whatever it's called now, and all the other stuff. Our next episode so this ends our month of Law and Order, our month of January. So we're already done with January. We are 112th of the way through the year, guys. So we are going to go on into our February month, and our February is Vengeance, or depending on where you're from, Rwenge.
0: And for <laughs> Rwenge month,
1: maybe I'll just call it Rwenge month.
0: Rwenge.
1: It means Omerta. Oh, It means Rewenge. (laughs) What does it mean? Um, So yes, February is Vengeance Month. Uh, Our Patreon movie, our Patreon episodes for that one are Revenge of the Nerds from 1984. And our Patreon short is the Razzie Worst film, Color of Night from 1994. Regular episodes for the month of February in Vengeance Month are The Crow, The Specialist, Pulp Fiction, and The Lion King. Another, mm-hmm. ooh, there's another Jeremy Irons brother movie.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Jeremy Irons and James Earl Jones. Now there's, there's a couple mm-hmm. of brothers. Right. Like that's, I mean, that's, you got yourself a, a, an audiobook narration team right there. Oh, yeah. And then in March, we slide our way on into What Evil Lurks in the Hearts of Men month. I don't know, but Ooh. The Shadow knows, and that'll be our first episode of March. The Shadow, and then we've got Clear and Present Danger, Natural Born Killers, and The Shawshank Redemption, our Patreon. Natural
0: Born Killers. Yeah. And then, okay. I haven't thought about that in a long time.
1: I, you know, I, I saw that one just a few years ago. Like, it wasn't even that long ago, and that was the first time I had seen it. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, Patreon oh. for March will be Rear Window from 1954, and nice. the Patreon short will be a, I believe this is a movie from my list of quirky movies from 1994, Feliday. I think that one was, Felide. was that the one that was the cartoon? Yes. It is a German, let's see, is it originally German Cartoon, yes. Here it's a an animated horror noir Please. about cats.
0: <laughs> oh, <wow.
1: laughs> the story mm-hmm. centers on domestic house cat Francis and the grisly feline murders taking place in his new neighborhood.
0: Oh lord! <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! Okay.
1: Yeah. So buckle up, because I don't know. But yeah, that, I that one is,
0: should be warned. John went a little. Uh... Eclectic well, with our movie selections this year.
1: But John also wants to point out that the really, really weird well, some of the really, really weird stuff he did save for the Patreon shorts, which you guys don't have to do. That's fair. So I mean you oh. can watch it if you want to, but I, I don't know any German, but I just love that the top of the the VHS release poster above mm-hmm. where it says day says Der Katzen thriller.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought you were about to say it said Rwenge.
1: Right. I'm going to learn a lot of German as I'm watching this. So wow. I wow. I am reading some of the I'm reading some of the description
2: of this movie,
1: and I'm seeing words like ritualistic suicide. Dude. Mutilated. Oh. Distinctly chemical odor.
2: What? Oh my goodness! What? Wait a minute! What movie is this?
1: This is the cartoon cat movie where there's. That cats
2: and mauler. Yeah. They're
1: they're cats and thriller.
0: That's it.
1: Yeah. How do you say "run hmm. don't walk" to go see this movie? Schnell, der Katzen thriller. I, I don't know.
0: Close enough. Yeah. Uh,
1: All right. It's either I either told people to go watch this or I ordered uh, the bratwurst.
0: Or both. Or
1: both, and I'm fine with that. Maybe I need to eat bratwurst while I watch this.
2: Ooh.
0: Okay, so I know we devolve into the food podcast a lot. Yeah, that's fine. Yes, but has anyone has anyone else been to the Brat House in Richmond? No. Oh boy, I have not. It is it is a place like no other do for we, bratwurst.
1: Do we need to at some point take a, a podcast field trip? Yes. Okay.
0: It. it they have. All right. Do we take a podcast field trip there for for lack of a better way to say it? Like we we take a field trip
1: there for the meal. And then we come back to Tony cannoli.
0: There you go. Okay.
1: All right. That's fine. They have a, they have a
0: a Greek brat, which includes Euro meat and tzatziki sauce. They've Uh got, it's, it's wonderful.
1: Well, that, mm. (laughs) Bo, you're causing problems. That's what I do. Yeah. Hmm. I need to stop good, reading good. this. I need to stop reading this description because you're telling me about bratwurst and then I come across the word Francis disembowels Claudandus <laughs> right, Who would and, 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 and leaves him and leaves him in the, the burning premises. Oh. Is
0: okay. this the Patreon
1: movie? <laughs> yeah, it's it's the Patreon short one.
2: Oh boy. Oh boy.
1: Yeah, huh That's that's something else. This is going to be a fun one. I I can tell right now. <laughs>
0: I'm waiting for the, we'll get together to record next. And John will be like, guys, I had to pick a new Patreon short. I I couldn't do it. (laughs) Or or
1: John turns on his camera and all you can see is me sitting there going. I'm okay. I'm okay. We're just, we're all fine here. Thanks. We're all all fine here. John, did you watch the cat movie?
0: Mm. No, don't, don't say it. Don't look at me. John, (laughs) show us where the movie hurt you.
1: (laughs) I don't have a doll big enough. (laughs) <laughs> oh the okay. movie hurt me everywhere
0: <laughs> oh my god
1: so maybe i couple that with maybe i do just like a whole little series of i'm gonna watch the 50s cat people i'm gonna watch the 80s cat people and then i'll watch this movie it'll
0: just be a oh whole god. i don't know if i knew there was a 50s cat people yeah or
1: 40s maybe i think it was in the 40s oh yeah. lord almighty yeah did you watch the 80s one when we did that I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was because it's based on the one from the forties.
0: I don't remember that, but that was a long time ago.
1: I think like 1947
0: or something. I'm sure we talked about it that day, but.
1: Oh no. So, so here, (laughs) this is going to cause a problem when I do finally watch this movie. Um, Uh, my, my lovely wife sent me (laughs) a little animated gif of, uh, when the cat from Puss in Boots is doing like the really cute little eyes and like looking up and,
0: Oh no. Yeah, that's
1: going to be a problem when I watch this movie where the cats are killing each other in some kind of like weird cult.
0: Sherman cult cat murders. Yeah. How do you find How do you find stuff like that? I
1: don't know. That's impressive. I think, I think it found me.
0: <laughs> that would concern me. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to say it, it's the voices it's like told the me. Like a ring only different. Yeah. I was just <laughs> Oh,
1: I, I popped I in the say, VHS tape, remember, but it told me within seven was. days I had to pick other weird movies or else I would die. Yeah. I like that. I like the I like letters the, Lord the Rings us. reference. Yeah. Yeah. One one movie to Remember,
2: number. it, like the ring, wants to be found. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: It's, that's this movie, Katzen Thriller. <laughs> yeah. I can't Oy. wait. I'm excited Oy. about this. I'm excited to be a part of this. And the more I read this description, I'm like, I don't know what I got myself into, but
0: that's extraordinary.
1: We'll <laughs> what would you like to do next? That's extraordinary. It's going to be the last thing you ever do.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> there yeah. will be nothing
1: next after this.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this looks weird. All right, well, I- I- if anybody is interested, feel free to go check out the uh, Wikipedia description of the movie, and I don't know. It's going to be fun. We'll We'll find out. We'll explore this together, shall we? Huh. You guys are off the hook. You don't have to. Mm-mm. And you're welcome.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I no. appreciate that That's, very much.
1: It's, it's the kind of friend I am. <laughs> All right, everybody. This has been the 30-something movie podcast. Thank you for joining us for this one as you join us for all of our episodes. Thank you so much to our Patreon co-executive producers who support us each and every month and get that bonus content over there at Patreon, including this weird cat movie, Dear Cats Thriller, that I'm going to be watching <laughs> and somehow condensing down into a 15-minute fever dream of an explanation. But in the meantime, Bo, Pat, thank you for being here.
0: Thank you, John. Thank you, John. For your tireless efforts in finding more material for us.
1: Weird crap. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, everybody. Be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies, and we'll see you back here next time.